0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100.
1: That's alienware.com slash deals.
0: This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable!
1: From the Embassy Row studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast, Rog. We're back! I know, it's raining, Rog. You, You always get a certain look on your face. When it's pouring with rain, the skies are grey. When I got out of the, let's face it, the SUV today, got dropped off on the way to work out of my black car. By your son, George, 88 D- driving. Carlos today, lovely man. Yeah, he. Uh, I got out and I saw how terrible the weather was. I thought, oh, Roger will be in a good mood.
0: Oh, I am in a good mood. you know why? It makes me feel even more at one with Manchester. I mean, <laughs> it is. It's not just raining. It yeah. is torrential. My terrace was hit by lightning this morning
1: uh-huh. as I prepared for the pod. Just Suddenly, your whole man of the people thing, when you just mentioned terrace, that sort of went out of the window.
0: Everyone's invited. <laughs> it's, it's big dem- enough. It's a democratic terrace. And I'll just say, feeling connected to Manchester on this torrentially grey, miserable, where the whole world outside feels like it's in black and white, is such an apt way to bond with both red and blue sides of Manchester, yep. the sadness and the happiness which everyone's feeling today. And I think a very apt way to mark the telenovela-worthy cliffhanger twist and turn of the weekend, which we're going to delve into. Yep. And I'm sure you saw it all coming, David.
1: I've got to tell you, two weeks ago, I did say, I don't know how, because most of the time on the pod, I get everything completely wrong, but I was a little bit prescient when I said... I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that like the line to the Premier League title is, is really straight. It's really a straight line. However, with Manchester City, it has seemed all season like a really straight line until the last two weeks, where suddenly the whole narrative got flipped. But, oh my God, their Premier League title. We, we're going to take some time to celebrate this incredible team. And
0: we are going to celebrate. We're going to delve right in. Uh, I will say, as GFOP at Blair C. Wash suggested, this must have been the weekend Larry David guest wrote the Premier League narrative. I mean, it was so massively, seismically, and symbolically unbelievable set of happenings. We're going to dive right in off the top of the pod and unpack a weekend in which Pep Guardiola became a Premier League champion, mm-hmm. a historic occasion for us up there with the Cuban Missile Crisis, mm-hmm. Nixon's Saturday Night Massacre,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Beyonce's performance at Coachella. This is the weekend. Baychella. But, oh been Renamed mm-hmm. Jay Rodriguez Cella <laughs> the weekend Jay Cella in which Pep Guardiola's Manchester City became Premier League almost when no one was looking, Dave. So let's yeah. relive it blow by blow and ask the hard questions like could they have done it without Yaya
1: Touré? <laughs> We're podding early this week, Rog, because of the TV show schedule. We're on television Monday and Tuesday. This, this, this seems wrong both evenings. At 5.30pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. Tonight's show, which will likely start not long after this pod is released, is our hat-trick special in which we count down our ten favourite Premier League hat-tricks. Actually, my nine favourite and also Stephen Naismith's (laughs) hat-trick against Chelsea for Everton of all time. And Tuesday, we're live recapping Man City's title win and all the football from this past weekend. We're both going to London, right? Yeah, I'm going to London Thursday night. Yeah. I'm also going to Watford, yeah. <laughs> which isn't London at all. Which is all.
0: about as north as you get.
1: Oh, there's a fu- the, the sky is closer to the ground. You're going to watch Crystal Palace. Just I'm going to see Crystal Palace. I've got to tell ledge. you, I feel a lot better about it after. Uh, this weekend's game. But yeah, I'm going to go and see Palace Watford you Are going to be sitting
0: with the Crystal Palace Hardcourt? N-
1: Probably. Yeah, in the yeah, Watford director's box. <laughs> You're going to be in the director's box. I don't know. I have no idea where I'm going to be, but I'm going to go with Steve. I would love,
0: love, love to go to the Watford director's box. Yeah. All that pleather. Mm-hmm. All that velour, mm-hmm. all Elton John's kind of little stash of cocaine.
1: I'm sure, it, number one, I'm sure none of that is true. What? You don't think there's velour? I don't think there's velour. I don't think there's pleather. Nor <laughs> do I think there's a stash of Elton John's cocaine. But then, uh, but if there is, I'll then, let you then know. Then you've not been inside the VIP room. Inside the
0: VIP room. I know. Show me to
1: the VIP. Take me to the VIP. Okay, we've got you a patch. You to ask room. me if I'm going. Oh, sorry. Where are you going, Rog?
0: I'm actually going into London. Yeah. But then headed up really north, okay. Good. Past Watford, good. Past Birmingham, into <laughs> yeah. the belly of my people. I'm going to Liverpool. I'm going to interview Jurgen Klopp. You are again. Yeah, I'm going back for seconds. Are of...
1: you going to go in for a hug the second you see him? <sighs> Would you be disappointed if he doesn't instantly remember you and give you a hug? I think because you got a great hug last time. I think it'll be telling. Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Well, last time it was more me like a small dog just grinding my genitalia up against a large dog's leg to be technically right, but the... um, Uh, Gross. He's a a man who, like, believes in confidence. He said, my hobby is confidence, which is a mind-blowing concept. And Dejan Lovren, this is what I really do want to talk to him about. Uh Dejan Lovren was asked, how have you become, from being a man who played in a puddle of your own confidence, have you become quite a good or mediocre Premier League player, not the worst defender of all time. He just said, (laughs) said, Jurgen Klopp looked at me and said, you are the best defender. Think that you're the best defender. Think confidently. And he said, my life has changed. I'm hoping, like the oracle, Jurgen Klopp can kind of restore my confidence, which I've okay. not really had since about the age of seven.
1: Definitely go in with the double handshake. Go in with the double.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do the Barry Hearn handshake, the one where he says, Menace, you, you go for the power over the top and just yank him slightly towards you so he yeah, knows who's boss. One. I'm going to go for that with that's great. clock okay. I'll report
1: back. Let me know how that goes. OK, we've got a packed show. We're going to give a guard of honour to Man City and that beautiful, bald Pep Guardiola, as opposed to all the other peps we know, Rog, as an imperious win at Wembley against Spurs and United's subsequent loss. Make them Premier League champions. We officially oh. submit our applications to be the Kelly and Michelle to Mo Salah's Beyonce after he <laughs> netted his 40th goal of the season in Liverpool's three 0 win over Bournemouth. What a goal that was! Oh. And we relive a five goal relegation zone M23 derby thriller between Palace and Brighton in South London. Okay, Rog, to the football.
0: Oh, to the football, oh.
1: Davo. I want to raise a glass to winning. Budweiser just flying all over the panic oh. room when you open that.
0: Oh, it smells fantastic. Winning is not an act, Davo, that I'm familiar with firsthand, as, yeah. you, as you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And to win, Dave, not just victoriously, but with beauty and a certain humility. Mm-hmm. It was notable to me that the Manchester City players, once they had won the title, yeah. they celebrated not in a roped-off nightclub, yeah. but they went right into a pub. Mm -hmm. inviting Man City fans, buying them bombs, singing Wonderwall off the jukebox. J-Dubs would have died to be there. Mm -hmm. So I raise this lager to them and to Pep for coming to England, being told that what you believe in, what you stand for will not work here, and then sticking to it despite that and shaping the reality around your vision with force of will. This, Buds, for you, song Company. It's for you, all of the Manchester City squad, apart from you, John Stones. Blood fam,
1: blood fam. OK, let's go back and relive how it all happened, Roger. It started Saturday evening in a special 7.45pm local time Interesting. kick-off at Wembley after three devastating losses in a row that saw City nosedive out of the Champions League against Liverpool and then fail to claim the title against their bitter rivals, <laughs> Manchester United. Pep's mob travelled to the home of football, well, the rebuilt home of football, Rog, to take on fourth-place Spurs and the Sky Blues bounced back in emphatic fashion, Going up 2-0 in the first 25 minutes. Behind a very un-pep route one, Gabriel Jesus goal and an Ilkay Gundogan penalty. Beautiful camera shot from behind on that penalty. Christian Eriksen, loved it. Pulled one back for Spurs on 42 minutes. Briefly, tightening City bums. But second half Raz corner scraps killed the game off after he missed a classic, Roger. Ended 3-1. Bounce back ability, a beautiful thing, Rog.
0: Oh, I think it's important to remember from the outset, we began this weekend yeah, with the unravelling of Pep Guardiola being the dominant news story. Yeah. The city, hard to believe now, but they had lost three games on the spin. Yeah. They were about to face a robust kind of fire-breathing Spurs and United were hosting the Dead Inside West Brom. I mean, look at the newspapers from Thursday and Friday. You'll just read headlines about how United might end the weekend just seven points behind City and the prospect of an epic collapse is on. I mean, they, they they dug out Roy Keane, the old United hard man's quote about pre-oil money Manchester City. It's in their DNA to mess things up. It feels like another world now,
1: right, David? It does feel like another world. But to be fair to the newspapers who've been desperate for some kind of storyline this season, Man City's <laughs> You know, last three games, the uh, two losses against Liverpool, you know, quite heartbreaking losses uh, because of the tournament, because of the nature of those losses, because of the nature of the rival and the loss, the, the loss to Man United, which must be just the worst, even worse than the loss to Liverpool than Champions League. I imagine for Pep to go and lose that game to United must have been the worst. This was not a crisis, but it was a dampening of the entire season for Manchester City. That sort of, for me, is why it felt so good to watch them win it and sort of win it and indicate such joy.
0: It felt like a politician having to face a vote of no confidence, as prime ministers in England often do. Yeah, And then surviving that vote of no confidence. In this game, City came out swinging from the off, just like they did against Liverpool in that second leg. They were all guns blazing. They were so dominant, so next level, passing their way through Spurs' fear gut. With just a shocking ease, for most of the first half, didn't you forget that it was Spurs, a team who had flattened Manchester City in this
1: fixture last year? Didn't you just forget that it was Spurs that they were blowing away? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, this didn't feel like... I mean, I think that's a tribute to Man City, is they didn't let Spurs... Spurs them. They didn't let them play Spurs-like football. They played in such clever ways. I mean, Man City, when they can't beat you with, like, putting... 75 side-to-side passes, they go route one. They just play, just sit back, start running the channels and just (laughs) hit these incredible long balls. I mean, that pass was so, so great from the back to Gabriel Jesus. It was long ball,
0: but it was exquisite, nipple-tingling long ball. and it took advantage tactically of Spurs' defensive high line, company fed Jesus, who span in on goal. And with an exquisitely intelligent touch, he evaded Sanchez... Gave City the lead, and when that ball went in, you could just see like relief. You could see belief. You could see it all draining back into the City players' faces.
1: Big pitch, Wembley Stadium, great occasion. You know, I don't think the Premier League title's ever been won at Wembley. Rog, it was just a really wonderful uh, setting for the event. Davo, with facts, (laughs) and the lead was doubled by Gundogan. Yeah, after a slightly dodgy penalty award. Yeah, although you've got to be fair, I just I love the fact that you know analysts just look at the ref. Oh, John Moss will not be happy with himself when he looks back at that decision. There was really no way in live action to go and see that that didn't happen within the penalty yeah, area. Yeah, but it was
0: a fine way to commemorate the Premier League's wise decision this week that it won't be using VAR next season. No, don't do that. It was Lloris fouling outside the box. Lloris fast becoming French for Joe Hart. Yeah. And my question for you, Davio, is... If he was not so fantastically good-looking, because
1: he is, mm-hmm. he's, he's an unbelievable... Who are we talking about right now? We're talking about Loris. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lloris. Fantastic. There's so many good-looking men involved in this game. But you go, Loris,
0: fantastic-looking yeah. man. Yeah. If he mm. wasn't so good-looking, wouldn't we be, like, dodgy keeper a lot quicker? I mean, do good-looking people get all of the breaks, even in the Premier League?
1: He's not even the best-looking Frenchman in the Premier League, Roger. I mean, he doesn't hold a candle to Giroud.
0: Laurice was most likely to be in the resistance. If you were airdropped into a northern French village and you were looking for your uh, your source in the resistance back in the day, that resistance source would be more likely to look like Hugo Larice than he ever would Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud was down south just...
1: Probably quite complicit in everything that was going on against his people. I don't see Giroud that way. Not since he switched to the blue. I see Giroud. That's who I want. When I parachute in behind the lines, in like Baston or wherever, I want to see. I want to see Olivier Giroud right there. You do. You I don't mean, see him being Vichy. I see Lloris you, being way more Vichy. When you parachute, he's He's so Vichy, when Lloris. You, when you
0: parachute, he's been blue and 20 clicks from the actual point you were meant to drop. You'd rather see Giroud than Lloris. Oh,
1: way more. Oh, Look at is, that.
0: Controversial
1: people who look like Giroud do not die in war movies, Rog. They just do not. He's, he is he would blind. I mean, m- machine gun bullets would just tear away from his face. Yeah, we need
0: to save this for another pod. Uh, who would you? Which Premier League football would you rather have in the foxhole with me? Probably want Lewis Dunk. Oh, Lewis Dunk is definitely on the boat attacking <laughs> Normandy. Lewis Dunk and Jack Wilshire Yeah. are just like from casting extra. The little British Tommy infantry. Wilshire's
1: back in the, med- in the little sort of medevac hospital or whatever's going on. Wilshire, Wilshire's nowhere near the front lines.
0: 2-0. Yeah. But like a micro of City's entire season, so dominant, so cruise control, but then they ease up and the job seemed to be done. But then what I think it's technically called declaring mission accomplished, they let it all go. This was not Watford that they were playing. This was still Spurs who succeeded this season because of their midfield muscle. And the more that game went on, Davo, the more Spurs seemed to remember who they were, started to press onto City, prevent them from building up their play out the back. And while David Silver had run freely for the first 30, it was Christian Eriksen who grabbed the initiative in the last 15. And it was he who got Spurs back into the game after Harry Kane, like a Lannister who always pays his debts, set up young Christian for a goal that Harry Kane will no doubt be claiming yeah. later. What do you it think was, it about was a this? Slightly,
1: it was a slightly medieval goal, this one, though. It was a little bit of a Bruegel. It, it, it sort of bounced back off about 15 players before it finally went in off Ericsson's inside of his knee. Yeah, Jay
0: Dubbs is convinced that Christian Ericsson, when he was trying to break through into football, worked at medieval times mm-hmm. as a kind of liar-wielding serf. Mm-hmm. But Harry Kane, of course, we admire that man. We revere that man. He's our hope, our nation's hope in the World Cup. Has he besmirched himself? claiming Ericsson's goal. I know a lot of Spurs fans are over, so bored, so done with all of the jokes about Harry Kane scored that, Harry Kane's going to claim that. But did he besmirch? Pochettino said, you know, he's, gonna, he, he's gotten a lot of grief. He will get a lot of grief for the act of claiming Christian Ericsson's goal that it came in off his shoulder, uh, saying on his daughter's life it went in Stannis Baratheon style. Not since Russell Westbrook padding his rebounding numbers. I mean, that man is the Harry Kane of NBA stats. Have I seen something like this? Do you see a striker obsessed with goal scoring, which is to be admired? Or do you see a gent who's lost himself as an individual in a collective
1: game? I sort of feel like strikers, by necessity, have to be selfish. They've got to be selfish. selfish or lovers. they're not, they're not going to score that many goals unless they're selfish. And the goal clearly did. I mean, the, the dubious goals committee are not going to give him the goal just because he claimed it. They must ultimately feel as though it grazed somewhere in the proximity of his shoulder and there was some justification for going to give it to him. So he believed, I do honestly believe that Harry Kane believed that that goal was his or he wouldn't have claimed it. And so ultimately what you're asking Harry Kane to do is to step back and not claim a goal which he truly believes was his goal. And I, I wouldn't want that striker playing for my team.
0: Strikers make selfish lovers. That is a mug and a t-shirt that, if I've ever heard one. Second half then became a fascinating... Unbelievably psychologically fraught, tactical tussle. Spurs, that kind of coil muscle. City's brilliant, but slightly frayed mind. And I have to say, City, they regain the upper hand, and in doing so, they proved a trait. They're on Davos' list of great traits. Mm. I think of winning as possibly the number one trait. Mm. But bounce-back ability, just behind it, right?
1: I mean, little Raz is the personification of bounce-back ability over the entire season. And right here, he makes a, a terrible mess of he, he did so many things right in that move and then ends up like failing to take the shot gets it snuffed out and then he ends up figuring a way to put the ball in the back of the he net he
0: managed to block out all of the missed the goal practice that he clearly does in training
1: uh-huh.
0: Ram Home is 17th goal of the season that is a lot of goals 17 a, goals for yeah, Raheem Sterling that that's lot, amazing a lot of goals for a man that we keep making sound like he is to forward play mm-hmm. what Jesse Waters is to reality but oh, Elite teams and elite managers, elite players that are, are able to bounce back. You, you, you've taught me that. They enforce their will in times of trouble. And it was a challenge, I think, City passed admirably. We're going to win the league, sang their delirious fans prophetically. Their nightmare Back w- in October. <laughs> their nightmare week over. Spurs lose at home. That's all we know at the time for the yeah. first time since August. And it was fascinating to watch Pep at the final whistle. Unable to rein in his delight, putting his bald head against every single City player. I loved it when he and David Silver, who was weathered a lot personally uh, with his child, who was born uh, incredibly prematurely, but has delivered on the pitch week in, week out. The two of them put their temples head to head. Who runs the world? Bald's run the world. But Pep being Pep, after going up to the city fans, raising one finger in gladiatorial glory, couldn't help
1: himself. Bless, he had to pull Carl Walker aside and give him a tactical dressing down. I tell you, it's not easy playing from the front, Roger. It's not easy. Being that many points ahead, I've had this they- experience. I've had this experience in the last few seasons. You've had it your whole you life. No, uh, but you watched. I mean, Dummond yes, I had it on the tennis court. I had it on the tennis court this weekend. It's difficult to close a man out. It's difficult to beat a player. It's difficult to beat a team. You know, all last season is like, oh, Chelsea's title already. Chelsea's title already. Tottenham winning every single game behind you. It becomes hard to get over the line. I'm sure. I'm not saying Pep believed what he read in the papers, but I'm sure he felt and is briefing to himself in the mirror to his team the whole time is we need to keep on winning we need to keep on winning the points we need to keep on doing it it's, what a sense of relief you don't want that collapse it's awful it's amazing when you're up and and somebody starts coming back at you even if you're points ahead even if your games ahead the momentum that they have versus your momentum it's a it's a killer rod
0: it was a sense of relief Dave, and one that we have not seen and we'll talk about how City did not get a chance to celebrate publicly this victory, but they kind of did. If you look back at those scenes at the final whistle with Pep, who's, who's reigned everything in all season, just so terse, so tense. Even in moments of glory, he's the man who thinks about what he didn't like. He's, a, he's a, such an obsessive. Mm. What went wrong even when they went finally. why lost lot. his hair. Why <laughs> 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 didn't we all? <laughs> but at the final whistle, it was a Pep of relief. It was a Pep of wonder. It was a Pep of glory.
1: Pep of relief, Pep of wonder, Pep of glory. Yeah. It's like the worst, the worst like Christmas carol of all But Pepto-Bismol, if
0: you are listening, please take it, run with it.
1: Final whistle. They go to bed feeling pretty good about themselves, but do not frankly expect to win the title over the course of this weekend. Probably looking... Ahead. Pep onto the golf course, pretty adamant. He was not even going to watch a United game. He was Absolutely. going to play
0: four ball, better ball.
1: I don't like the look of that follow through, though. Also, in every photo I've seen, yeah. what does he use, David? Oh, cavity backs. He's a beginner. He needs to get the ball up in the air. Come on, Pep. Yeah, he's not He's, he's, he's not using a blade yet. He doesn't <laughs> have a swing for a blade, though. He's, he should stick to the cavity backs. He should maybe play with one of those sets where they're all hybrids. Oh, Raz. One of those, one of those clubs. That, that he, oh, I'm just going to play my nine hybrid, my wedge hybrid.
0: Oh, Raz, if you're listening, start using
1: cavity backs, mate you <laughs> exactly on your boots. Okay, despite the City victory, all United, Rod, needed to again delay the noisy neighbours from clinching the title was a win or a draw against lowly last place West Brom at Old Trafford Sunday, but best league in the world, Rod. But in one of the most unexpected results of the season, the Baggies, who had only won three games all season, shocked their hosts 1-0, behind a 73rd-minute goal from J-Rod Corp CEO, <laughs> J-Rodriguez. When the final whistle blew, Mourinho was left to chew, not just on his side's shocking performance. Ah, Lukaku can't do it against the good teams, Rog. But the fact that it sealed the title for his rivals, which was perhaps his master plan all along, to let them win the trophy passively at 6 o'clock on a Sunday <laughs> evening so they were deprived of the opportunity to celebrate. This is the team, Rog. Man United beat Manchester City yeah. last week.
0: Yeah, it was just seven days ago, guys. Yeah, it was and seven then, bloody days going
1: ago. this weekend, West Bromwich Albion, who are just, they're forlorn. They're going down. Even like the players know they're going down. You saw the, the post-match interview at Pitch Side. The manager knows they're going down. They're just down and out. One of the dead, worst teams dead. In, in recent Premier League history. And they beat Man United. Yeah. Yeah. What a league.
0: That is sensationally said, Dave. One week, you smite the league leaders. You come back from two goals down against yeah. the league leaders and overcome them with your bare knuckles. You really do. You yeah. bare knuckle and you get off the cameras and you knock them out. Yeah. And then next week, you're cold cocked by a punch you never see coming. Uh,
1: this week, we will be the clowns. We'll <sighs> be clowns this week.
0: I mean, I'm talking in crew box terms, Dave. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just the disbelieving Old Trafford faithful.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <sighs> Football, like life itself, dave is utterly unpredictable. But from the off, this game, it did. It felt like football played in the upside down. For one thing, when have you last watched Manchester United play essentially meaningless games this early in the season?
1: I I couldn't get with that. Was this a meaningless game? It was like, that's what I found so remarkable, is you just want to go, just when they have momentum, just when fans are starting to believe in the team again, just starting to believe, you know what, we might be really good. We all might those be, problems,
0: all those yeah, locker problems, be, oh, fake news.
1: Like, it, might be all, it might be all good. To then not show up in this game against West Bromwich Albion.
0: Wretched West Bromwich oh. Albion to give them their full name. I mean, in this team, though, not so wretched. They suddenly had a true counter-attacking identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, United's failure will take rightfully take all the headlines. But we've got to credit West Brom caretaker manager, Darren Moore. Yeah, love it. And West Brom with their old hunger again. I mean, in the words of James McLean, he said, and this is so damning of the Pardew era, he said, uh, we actually know what we're doing now, <laughs> with his explanation of why they were so good. Proof the Jay Rodriguez goal in the 73rd minute from a corner, Tony Poulis muscle memory still shining through this squad. What is dead may never die. But even when that ball flew in, you did expect United. You did expect Manchester United. You did expect Manchester United at Old Trafford in front of Sir Alex Ferguson. You did expect them to get back into
1: it, didn't you? And yet, Ben Foster, an English goalkeeper, Rog. An English goalkeeper. and Manchester
0: United reject.
1: Yeah, English goalkeeper has the game of his life in the Premier League. Save after save after save.
0: I mean, it was like watching a little bit. I got some whiplash remembering the US trying to get a goal when they needed one at Trinidad and Tobago. United were about as effective as the US men's national team. Four shots on target the entire game. On this day, Manchester United, they
1: were worse than Michael Cohen. I I think comparing West Bromwich Albion to Trinidad and Tobago is a little harsh.
0: On Trinidad and Tobago? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Mourinho afterwards, this is what I want to get
0: your yeah. your experience your marineology oh, uh, to marineology. shine into so afterwards. what did he do? He threw his players under the bus <laughs> I know how to win, but i uh, i don't play and I smelled the bad performance come I mean, he smelled the bad performance yeah. in football
1: as in life Dave he who smelt it dealt it right yeah <laughs> yeah I suppose so I suppose so i mean marineology, it's getting lost it's just there are too many scenarios it's not what it was there are too many scenarios now there's just no there's no predicting what's going on. He looked miserable. I think one of the analysts made this point after the game. He looked miserable for the entire game. Sometimes he just comes out. He's in a mood. He was in a mood. Don't go there, Jose. Oh, he's got a bit of cob on. He's in a mood. He did have a cob on. A real cob on. And he was just in a mood. That was it. But I do think there is some truth. His players were just walking in sand for most of this game. They were, but
0: they were an imbalanced tactical mess watching that game through, which I did again a second time last night to try and understand it. (laughs) You
1: watched Man United, West Bromwich Albion more than once.
0: As First time with my own eyes live, Uh second time as penance to all the West Brom fans, all one of you in America, for whom we've said all season, what is the point of being a West Brom fan? I would say this is the point. That high, the incredible adrenaline flow you must have gotten from watching this, which you will remember for a long time as your team plummet, no doubt, through the leagues towards League One. This will sustain you for many, many years. But United, what you were saying, mate, all of the wounds that were healed or acclaimed healed by United's Derby Valor just ripped right back open. Pogba, beleaguered figure, yanked again, 58 minutes. Oh, that man caught between United's powerful marketing division who I think were the people that wanted him at all costs, and Jose Mourinho, who doesn't know what to do with him. Alexis Sanchez, lost and confused. One of so many talented discontents. You've got Martial, who struggled for game time. Struggled for game time in a World Cup year. Linked now to Juventus and Bayern. Rashford, unsettled and confused. All these young talents who must be looking at what Salah and KDB are doing with regular game time. This is what's astonishing. Players must be asking themselves, why are we staying at Manchester United? Which... Five years ago, no player would have asked themselves or had the temerity to ask themselves that question.
1: I think what United really lack is that, you know, for years we've always said, how are United going to replace that Roy Keane position? Who are they going to put in? They're very excited when they got Nemanja Matic at the beginning of the season, but Matic is not a fast, he's a very, very lumbering, slow player in the centre of midfield. What they lack, and you think about you know, looking at Eden Hazard this weekend at Chelsea, looking at what Man City have got with, you pick him, David Silver, just one of many. Look at what Liverpool have got with Mane and the Ox, like these players who plunder through midfield. There's no speed in the centre of that midfield. There's no speed behind the line. So they have nothing. And Pogba sort of lumbers around. He's got strength, but they've got no incisive set of speed down the middle in that team. And I think that in a game like this, when you're playing against a team, West Brom, who have just a lot of lumbering, they really have no speed in the centre of that park. You just sort of feel like that's what Man United lack.
0: Dax McCarty is available. I will say for all the young Manchester United players suffering on that bench right now, I know you're listening. Being doubted and dumped by Jose Mourinho, I would say has now become from a LinkedIn page resume builder, mm. probably the crucial
1: element. Luke Shaw's never been more valuable.
0: Yeah, for almost every single world class player, so fear it not. Yeah. One nil ended. Yeah. Astonishing. I mean by it, I mean it's the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. It all ends with West Brom fans chanting, Butchester City, we won it for you. That's a terrible West Brom accent, isn't it?
1: For you? Yeah. Does he need to be all the cows?
0: We won it for you? No. For you? Yes. I mean, not quite Cunaguero, shocking QPR, with a 94th-minute stunner mm. in 2011-12. About as unromantic and undramatic
1: a title-clinching as you can get. 16 points ahead with five games to go, Rog.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it. That's what we're going to get to. What I do want to ask you in the press conference after his win, Pep could not hail enough his massive achievement and, in so doing, diminish the Champions League. He said, You can win the Champions League in seven games. The league's 10 months. I'm sorry. It's much more important what these guys, pointing to his locker room, have done. Is he right? Yes. Or is that a golfer who just lost a match play round saying, Oh, match play, it's garbage?
1: No, look, I think Champions League is an amazing thing to win, but you kind of want to win the Champions League on the back of winning the Premier League. And this is, to, uh, Liverpool fans are going to hate me saying that, but it is, it is the truth. You can get an odd Champions League victory. In English football, you have to win the league to be seen as being a sort of elite perennial team. And it is hard, mentally, 38 games, so many top teams, toughest league in the world, the teams right at the bottom of the league who can turn around and go and beat you. The achievement of winning this league over 38 games and this team did it in 33 this team did it in 33 games that is amazing 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 you know three titles in the last seven seasons just phenomenal phenomenal achievement by this club (sighs) this club who, I know we're going to say sovereign wealth, sovereign wealth, sovereign wealth, but this is a club. We don't say it enough. No, but I, I, it's not all about money. It's not just money that helps you win these titles. You've got to put together an amazing team. You've got to hold their belief together. You've got to have them go and play with each other. He's done it with class. He's done it with style. They've done it by playing all sorts of different football. I love that opening goal against Tottenham this week. It's my favourite Man City goal of the season. A little bit of route one. I love it, adapting, playing tactically playing to the players he has, playing to the space that he was given by Tottenham. Hats off. I think it's amazing. And a lot of people are going to sort of take a lot away from this team from having lost to Liverpool in the Champions League over two legs, in both legs and over two legs. But I think it's an amazing achievement. I couldn't agree with you more. There's so much to write ballads about about this City title win.
0: I mean, averaging 71% possession over the course of the season, mate, is just remarkable. They didn't just win the league. They changed the way football's played right now. You look at Chelsea. Fantastic win last season. Fantastic iron fist of a campaign. Leicester, the fairy tale romance before that. They both they didn't care about possession. They just wanted the counter attack. We thought that was the football that won a modern league campaign. City have won in a new way. Possession, poise, a commanding collective beauty that every pundit told Pep that he couldn't expect to have after the false start of last season. I mean, when the doubt swirled and he was left floundering and the British press delighted as he said, what is tackles? Pep defied those critics. He doubled down on his vision and he was vindicated. And then some. And here's what I want to ask you. Why are, why are, despite what he does, why are so many eager to hate him in England and suggest that it is just the net $550 million that he spent that landed the trophy?
1: Name a Premier League winning side who haven't been hated by the majority of people. Chelsea were hated. Like, we live in a culture where people, you know, many more people support other teams than support the winners. So... You know, Chelsea were negged having won everything there was to win in football over several years. So, yeah, you know, Mourinho is point. still looked at being someone who, you know, really just it's only money. He can't really do it. Mourinho isn't really, the, the, can't really go and do it. We always get negative about people who are winners. But Pep, certainly, it just makes it ridiculous. At a certain point, when we're negative about everyone, it does make you realise that, you know, it might be the problem with the people and not with the people who are actually being criticized. I
0: mean, to me, there's something extra about Pep. He reminds me that there's a biblical description of the Israelites. They call them the stiff-necked people. Mm -hmm. And there is something about Pep that he will not bend the knee to the English media, the tabloids especially, and give them what they want, which is a note of humility at times, an admission of weakness at times, or faults at other times. For him, it's as if he shows some vulnerability or humanity. The whole curtain, the whole artifice of Pep is going to fall down. And so the English media, they only have two gears for him, and we've seen them click through both of them, <laughs> backwards and forwards, seesaw style, in the last month. They started with reverence and awe. That's it. No point in having a title for the next six years. Pep's going to win it all. And then the run of three-game losses, mockery and disdain again for Audiola. And now we've come immediately back this weekend. City are going to spend $100 million. I mean, you can say bye-bye. It's really a race for second, third, and fourth again. They have nothing in between. I will say... I couldn't echo more what you said, what he has done at Manchester City to take his complex ideas, to sew them into the Premier League, the most competitive, high-paced, physical league in the world. With players, for me, this is astonishing. They did not grow up like the Barca kids did with his philosophy in between their ears. I mean, or in Bayern, where Bayern can win the league quite effortlessly with real contenders. That City are on pace to be champions with most wins in the season, most points, most goals. Not bad for a crap team. But how good are they, David? Do they well, rank up with Arsenal, 2003-4, Invincibles, Chelsea, 2004-5 side, unbelievable, or the Manchester United
1: Goldmark, Mark, 1998-99? Just to go back and a couple of things you said, Look, he's had some poor moments this season. The FA Cup loss against Wigan and the massive sense of humour failure. He's felt a lot of pressure this season as well. And the Britain is, you can say he ignored the, ignored the tabloids. It's difficult. The news cycle in Britain is relentless and it does get to you comparing teams against different teams of different areas, you're right, Manchester United in the late 90s were absolutely phenomenal. That Arsenal Invincibles win in 2003, <laughs> 2004. I would say that, you know, Chelsea's win in 2004, 2005 kicked off what I would say is the contemporary era in the Premier League where suddenly with, with Mourinho coming into Chelsea after Roman Abramovich came in, it sort of was a new gearing up, a weaponing up, an arming up of the Premier League where suddenly you had... All of these teams, everybody, not just Chelsea, not just Man City, everybody with this huge influx of international TV money, big ownership, and some of the biggest players in the world coming to play in the Premier League. I would say since Chelsea's win in 2004, 2005, this is the most impressive thing we've seen. So that is like 13 years. You know, that's pretty incredible. And for Pep, he's now done it in Spain, he's done it in Germany,
0: he's now done it in the Premier League, albeit with three of the richest clubs. In the world, he is the best manager in the world. I know, Bruce Arena, you're listening and that you've got a lot more MLS titles yeah. than
1: Pep. Mm-hmm. We're not going to take them away from you, whatever. And Pep can't play lacrosse like you, Bruce. He's <laughs> no good at lacrosse.
0: I'll tell you something else about Pep.
1: Couldn't coach lacrosse and yeah, football. take it, Pep.
0: Take it in the face.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pep is, and we both raise a glass to this, the first board manager to ever win the Premier League, which to us is everything. I just say, Bill Fly. Is
1: that true? No bald manager has ever won the Premier League before. They said it could never happen. <laughs> that is absolutely Who oh, runs the amazing. world? Balds run the world. Okay, Rog. Now to the rest of the league. <laughs> Seems pointless. Should we just give up? Should we go home? Venderpunt, Rog. Two Everton, Swansea. Okay. Now to the rest of the league, starting <laughs> with Liverpool three, Bournemouth nil. Coming off that exacting performance against City, the Champions League semi-finalists backhanded, lovable Bournemouth Saturday, thanks to football's most predictable score sheet, Mane, Salah and Firmino. For Salah, it's his 30th <sighs> goal in the league and 40th in all competitions. What a time to be a Red Rodge. What a goal that was.
0: Oh, what hangover. What a hangover. Despite, or maybe because of, their midweek night of Champions League glory, this was just a now routine spectacle of passion and poetry at Anfield, never really threatened by the scrappy duas Bournemouth Mane Mane with the first goal, Bobby Chompers with the third, a typical Bobby Chompers finish, one of the few humans in the world who is, and don't at me, cooler than yodel boy. And Salah, Mo Salah, you said it, 30 league goals, 40 goals on the season, brilliant finishing, now routinely providing fans with just one ecstatic eye after another. And to go from Premier League discard to global superstar in just two and a half seasons, what a journey he's had. Here's a question. Can you think of anything in your life, anything, that you do as often as Mo Salah
1: scores goals? I mean, nothing remarkable. Just standard bodily functions, <laughs> uh, Rog, pretty much. No, it's amazing. It just I can't think of anything I do so often in so many different ways. This goal, Rog, with his head, glanced over the top of the keeper, into the far corner. His celebration, unlike any Mo Salah celebration we've seen this season, just the first, the first moment when... He just was like, "I'm really, really good." Yeah, you know, because you, you say strikers. When
0: you said strikers are inherently selfish lovers, I think Mo Salah would be a very generous lover. I think he thinks about the people. I guarantee you that that man can make peace in the Middle East. But when I want to ask: Is there anything you can do as often
1: as Can Mo Salah? I just make a point about your whole lover analogy. There, it doesn't really work because, because <laughs> well, wait, I love how you're taking this because, part, seriously. Because to be to be a non to be a selfless lover, it's still requires like getting in and finishing it off yourself. You can't like hand it off to somebody else to go and do the, do the work. Yeah, It's like you need a striker mentality, I would say, to be a selfless lover. You
0: just need some mags and a, and a box of tissues. Yeah. But the 2018 nominees for the PFA Players Player of the Year released also over the weekend. City with half of them. The nominees, Davo, and you can tell where I'm going with this, KDB, mm-hmm. Leroy Sané, David yeah. Silva, and then David De Gea. Oh, the goalkeepers always know they deserve it, but they're going to get screwed. Harry Kane and Mo Salah. Who do you choose? I'm not going to allow you to choose Jenk Tosen because I know that's a natural decision. But of the, the
1: six who were nominated, really the two, we're talking Mo Salah or KDB. This is the Premier League Player of the Year. Yeah. And well, it's got to be for performances in the Premier League. It's got to be to a player who's playing on the team that won the Premier League. For me, it's tight. Yeah, for me, it's got to be a player who won the Premier League.
0: You're going, John Stones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're stonesy.
1: Pretty much. Really, that's how you see it. You're like. I think it's tough to say that in the year when City was—we were just talking—lauding them potentially one of the greatest Premier League victories of all time to pick. I mean, Mo Salah has been outstanding this season in the Premier League, and I'm sure he's going to go and win it, but it just feels something slightly weird about it for him to go and win the Premier League Player of the I Year. I say I'm
0: veering. I have been KDB, Team KDB, all season long. So he hasn't good finished the season Over as well. the course of this, he's done things with his mind now, with his body, with his left foot, with his right foot, which have just been avant-garde and extraordinary. Things I have not seen on the football field, he does week in, week out. We'll say Mo Salah, he has done, to your point, he's done it all season long. And I want to say, Liverpool scouts, I know you're listening, jet, great friends of the pod, eyebrows were raised when you paid $52 million Liverpool Football Club for a Chelsea flop. Steve Nichol, the great Steve Nicol, said, why are you overpaying for a bit part player? Mo has become the greatest Egyptian since Bob Bradley. And mm-hmm. by the way, it's probably worth four or five times what they paid for him. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't all matter, because whoever wins, of course, sorry Tottenham fans, Harry Kane's going to claim it. We should say <laughs> Liverpool... Um, we're retiring that now. We are retiring it, uh, Tottenham uh, fans. Uh, it's uh, done. Rog is never going to retire that. <laughs> Roger will never no. retire it. Uh, we should say, Liverpool face Roma in the Champions League semi-final. The, how do you say it in Boston? The Boston... Derby. Is it Derby? How do you say I it in Boston? I have no
1: idea. I'm not... I don't do a Boston It's accent.
0: astonishing. I'm sorry, Bostonians. I've just totally violated you. But it is astonishing. Fenway Sports Group's Liverpool playing Jim Palotta, the son of the South End, and his creative, strategic Roma. 50% of the Champions League teams Left in the tournament are owned by Bostonians. I think they should play both legs at Fenway Park.
1: Okay, here is how much you admire Liverpool's play this season, Rog. The publishers of our book, the Encyclopedia Blazer Tanaka, which you can pre-order now on menandblazers.com, have asked us this That's is the book. people this is the people at Knopf. Yep. Rog, I believe, is yep. how it's pronounced. Yep. They've asked Knopf. us, I think Alfred A. Knopf asked us himself
0: yep. to do a social
1: promotion. This week. If we get... This is how it works. Do you think
0: Alfred Albert Knopf knows what social promotion is? Do they have it in his day?
1: Social. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think he was verified? (laughs) If we get 500 additional pre-orders by the next time we pod... 500. 500 of you listening who have not yet ordered the book. 500 additional pre-orders by the next time we pod. They want us to do something wacky and zany. I think that was actually in the note. Like skydive or go full bald.
0: Yeah like instead, shave all my hair i was going to shave all my every single hair on my body i was going to uh-huh. shave off
1: instead you've decided that if John we Joe get style. those additional 500 pre-orders by next tuesday april 24th and time of your next pod you will host a digital watch party for the second leg of liverpool's champions league oh, semi-final tie to? with roma you hate parties roger you I really don't like and, parties and celebrating liverpool we're still working out the details but if those 500 pre-orders come good you will be live on our social media oh. throughout the game with some very special guests. I might Again, do it in a pub. 500. Can I just, like, incentivize everybody? Roger will hate doing this so hate much. It. Hate it. Please, hate 500 it. of you. Yeah. If you feel... If, if you enjoy Roger's pain as much as I do, <laughs> please <laughs> pre-order that book before next Tuesday, April 24th. And Roger will have to host a party that he oh, won't want to host for Liverpool. Quick word on books. Go to com for all the details.
0: Yeah, I, you know what? I'll I say two quick things. I marvel at Liverpool. I yeah. really do. I'm going over to meet with Klopp and hear oh. how he's done it. Even as an Everton fan, I can't wait. My brother Nige, season ticket holder at Anfield, has just talked week in, week out about the memories that he's made this season, going to watch Liverpool with his son. This season of wonder, bold, audacious football, to lose Coutinho in January, whom they desperately wanted to hold on to, consider their QB the best player, and to become better once he left. It is an unbelievable feat at which I can only marvel. But about our book, Dave, yeah, watching James Comey get his book publicist yeah. to, like, get missiles fired to launch his book, and then goading the president to tweet repeatedly about it. They've set a high bar for Knopf, right, with our book.
1: Yeah. Do you think they can match that? I don't want any missiles fired in our name, Rod.
0: You know, fireworks...
1: No, it's Nothing. not fireworks, Rog. No, They're missiles that they land are. and hurt people.
0: So here's the sell for our book. We reveal the true behind the scenes story of your Michael Davis's short tenure as FBI director
1: uh-huh.
0: and my role in the PP tapes. I'm very guilty. <laughs> <laughs> very guilty.
1: Yeah, you're not hygienic, Rog. Uh, anyway, moving on quickly from that one Southampton, pre order the book and it will cause uh, Rog pain. Southampton 2, Chelsea 3, Rog. The Saints marooned in the relegation zone, briefly felt the sun on their back, strolling to a 2-0 lead, only to capitulate three times in the final 20 minutes. The catalyst for the Chelsea comeback, super sub, uh, leader of the French resistance, Olivier Giroud. <laughs> Chambray's most ornate export came on in the 61st minute and scored twice, his goals bookending an Eden Hazard strike. Despite the win, Chelsea is still seven points from the top four, down the other end, Southampton slipped to five points My from God. safety, Rog.
0: Oh, Chelsea, Dave, Defending champions, Chelsea. So poor in that first half that yeah, I'm guessing awful. the 1877 cars for kids commercial must have been sweet relief for Chelsea fans. God, it was. And then you got Conte, a bereft of passion at this point, Conte. Uh,
1: is he bereft of passion? I don't think you can strip that man of his passion, but bereft of feeling good about it.
0: And he played the one tactical card that was left to him. He decided to go even more better looking.
1: I know. And it Giroud. Worked. Giroud. Uh, comes on, fantastic uh, first goal to get them back in the game, that yeah. header. Oh, um, Southampton backline switched off under the spell of his musky man scent. And then Hazard puts one in after a non-Mazy run, amazingly just clearing up some scraps. And then Giroud clears up some scraps himself. He ran
0: towards the Chelsea fans, and here's what I can't believe about Giroud, a real testament to the man. I don't know how he managed to keep that shirt on. If that was Ronaldo, it would have been not just free the nipple. The shorts, yeah.
1: shorts would have come down I'm sure too. I'm not the only heterosexual man who kind of wished he would have taken it off. I would have liked to have seen that, Rog. What? But he looked, he looks good. I must say, the difference of Giroud for me... Strong. of What he looks like in blue versus what he looks like in red. In the French national team jersey, in that Chelsea jersey, he just looks so good in blue. I'm not saying he wasn't good-looking in the Arsenal shirt... But he just does not look quite as good in red as he does in blue. Oh, good color for him.
0: Whenever it was, Southampton batline could not live with his strength and his power and his just his desire, his desire to show that he is Olivier Giroud and that means something, mm-hmm. as opposed to sinking without trace, Ross Barkley style. Because that Chelsea bench is like quicksand for careers. Yeah. Danny yeah. drink water. Ross Barkley speaking about you. My favorite English writer, Daniel Story noted Southampton conceded three or more goals in a league game five times under Claude Puel, four times under Pellegrino. They've already done it three times under Marc Hughes in three games. Yeah, he's finding new ways to lose. God, I feel terrible for Southampton. When when I made my film... What are Liverpool going to (laughs) do? Exactly. Because when I made my film about Southampton a couple of years ago, I asked everyone I interviewed how they could avoid the fate of great youth academy talent-developing teams like Lyon and Dortmund who were trout farms who just had their pools drained by bigger teams until there was no great kind of youth coming through. No one could give me a good answer. They're all just like, don't worry, we have a plan. They appear to have hit bottom. And if they do get relegated, that was my question. Do all Saints fans just start cheering for for Liverpool, essentially Southampton in disguise, or do they detest them? Like Jennifer Aniston probably still hates
1: Angelina Jolie. I just think they'll be so obsessed with playing against Portsmouth. (laughs) <laughs> that it would be fine. That, the, the, the wonderful sort of parochial and local nature <laughs> of, of football circus. fans. Exactly. Uh, Newcastle, two. Arsenal, one. One of the low key stories of the season, Roger Rafa Benitez's team hit 41 points, all but ensuring another Premier League campaign on Tyneside. What a performance. Goals from Ayosi Perez and Matt Ritchie made the difference. The two hand Europa League semi finalists, Arsenal, their fifth straight league loss away from the Emirates. Benga's squad remain the only team in England's top four leagues not to have an away point in 2018.
0: I mean, you can say I have mothballed my team for the Europa League trials to come, hence Mm. a debut for young talent, 18-year-old Joe Willock, one of the few prospects to emerge with life and limb from Arsenal's Youth Academy with only one last name, which Uh is controversial. Mm -hmm. What a lad he seems to be. Took the field, wearing the number 69. Yeah. Thank you, big (laughs) cap. And Arsenal looked good at the beginning. Phenomenal Uber to Lacazette. Stonker, mm-hmm. but then they reverted to being betas, rolled over, no real tactical plan. Uh, and watching Mustafi, he seems to be exactly the player you would get if Spurs fans were given a design challenge to create their dream Arsenal player. My God, it is astonishing watching him Westworld malfunction. But Newcastle, big credit, End-to-end, end, that first goal. Watch it again if you've not seen it. From goalkeeper to goal scorer, eight players. Liquid football, full length of the field. A Yedlinny assist mm. on that one. And the winner
1: from Matt Ritchie, Rafa Benitez for the US men's national team now. I mean, I think one note about Newcastle, I think their entire uh, squad costs less than than uh, Pierre-Emerick, Obama Young. Like, it's amazing, amazing what he's done with so little. Bought Benitez. In some le- yeah, born in some clever loan... Moves. It tell you you talk about Chelsea's bench being devastating, but Chelsea have loaned out some good players who are having good seasons. Kennedy playing very well. None of this matters though, right now
0: for Arsenal. It is Europa League or Bus, right? Oh my god. Europa, is. League, Europa League
1: is everything for Arsenal this season. And yet, even if they win the Europa League, even if they're in Champions League, where are Arsenal going next season? <sighs>
0: I mean, it is. And what a draw they had. Atletico Madrid in the semifinals. Wenger against the tactical muscle of Diego Simeone. That is an unbelievable tie. Mm. for In a tournament that amounts really to a secret door, secret wardrobe, I imagine. That's what it feels like to Wenger that he's found that leads to the fantasy world of Champions League Narnia. But you're right, even if they get there, will he, should he, should he be
1: with them? Time to put on our hazmat suits and venture into the relegation zone, Rog. Beginning with one of Britain's most bizarre rivalries, Crystal Palace against Brighton. Palace beat them 3-2. There were five goals in the first 34 minutes of this thrilling game including two from human highlight reel, Wilfred Zaha. The only thing more impressive than Palace's fast start. Their sturdy finish, Rog, at last. They held on through the minefield that is the last 10 minutes to seal the win. They move into 16th place, six points clear of the relegation zone. Fingers
0: crossed. This was such a treat, this game. A true grudge match, oh, going wonderful. back to the days of the mods and the rockers when South London fans would charge out to the seaside town to fight local youths on the beach. It's become one of the oddest non-geographical rivalries in English football. Mm. No one can really work out why it started. Lots of reasons are claimed, but it doesn't matter. It's a crude and incredible steaminess and seaminess. They proper hate each other. It's a fantastic game. Fast and furious, goals flying in, all points, all styles, including Zaha's first ever-headed Premier League goal. He flew through the air like Simone Biles.
1: I know, it was a great, great goal um, from him. A fantastic cross to find his head, to find his run.
0: Glenn Murray, confusing opponents week in, week out by seemingly going hair transplant one week and being bald.
1: I know. I don't know what's going on. Also, you know, adds to the rivalry, adds to the atmosphere. Glenn Murray, formerly of Crystal Palace Football Club. And he blew second half chance after chance to level things against his old
0: old mob. I will say the nerves at Selhurst Park. They were turned to 11. They really were after the 84th minute. Oh, unbelievable. That witching hour when they've dropped points in four of the last six games, and they held on. They held on just, and wow, life. Just when you think you've seen it all, the sight of Crystal Palace holding on to a lead after 84 minutes, it brings tear to the eye.
1: So happy for Roy. So happy uh, for Roy. Another big win in the relegation zone. Rod Huddersfield, one. Watford, nil. Wisions, a 91st-minute winner from Substitute. Tom Ince, finally. Downs, woeful Watford, he'll be looking for his Real Madrid transfer right now. The goal (laughs) sent the West Yorkshire faithful into hysterics and moved the Terriers seven points clear of the drop. Breathing room they'll desperately need. David Wagner's men have played a game more than 18th place Southampton with dates against Man City, Chelsea and Arsenal (sighs) looming. Arsenal seems winnable. Tom goal,
0: 91st minute. Huddersfield's first shot on target that is an economist dream cue an incredible euphoria a beautiful human relief I mean that you feel just deep down it's impossible not to feel it, it this, just the scenes of joy at the final whistle as the Terriers squad mob David Wagner and we posted the photo on our Twitter whenever you feel sad this week just look at that photograph what a moment what a manager what a team
1: Uh, Now to a game with massive Europa League implications. Burnley (laughs) 2, Leicester 1. Two goals in the first 10 minutes from Chris Wood and Kevin Long see the Clarets tighten their grip on 7th place. That would be good enough to earn Sean Dyche and his mini bus armada a trip to the continent or at least Uzbekistan, as long as Southampton don't win the FA Cup. Staggering, David.
0: Staggering. I mean, this Burnley team on that payroll winning five top flight games on the run. They are like John Mulaney. To me, just a darling hosting SNL. I'm thrilled for Burnley, I'm thrilled
1: for Mullaney. to more for both. Swansea won, Everton won, Rog. Oh,
0: don't worry, <laughs> bro. Nice,
1: nice result away from home for your boys. They jumped out to a 1 0 lead on 42 minutes thanks to a Carl Norton own goal. Well done. But in the 71st minute, in what was likely revenge for all of your brother, AU jokes, Jordan put his laces <laughs> through a volley to make it 1-1. An important point for the Swans as they uh, go five clear of the drop.
0: You know, Everton are so crap at this point from front to back, so lackluster, so devoid of hope or care, so on their vacations, not giving a crap. I actually, believe it or not, I didn't watch the game
1: live. You watched Man United, West Bromwich, Albion twice, and you didn't watch this game live. No, I
0: watched the game fully. Uh-huh. From start to end, but I had to go to a girls' puberty workshop with my daughter. What? Yeah. I was actually relieved to have an excuse to miss the game. How old's your daughter? She's uh, nine. Okay. You know, it starts at eight. A learned a lot. Really? Yeah. And I was even glad I was there once I'd watched the actual football. Uh-huh. I missed it. <laughs> One of the worst own goals of the season. Oh, Everton took the lead, and and they did not deserve... It was just a repeated attempt by Swansea defenders to punch the ball into their own net. They were very tenacious. Mm-hmm. Liverpool scored eye-popping goals week in, week out. Everton, they've barely mustered one all season. Wayne Rooney's maybe against West Ham. By the way, I will put money on the fact that he will be in MLS next season. You loved when an IU brother equalised for the contractually obliged IU goal, David, right?
1: I loved two moments of this game. They were, just, they were two moments that just appeared so FIFA-like. Jordan Ayew's goal. I've watched it several times and just, I don't believe I'm watching real live action. I believe I'm watching FIFA. Why? It's the, of the angle and the way it's it just, just like, in. It, it's the angle, it's the it's the quick pullback, it's how quickly the shot is released. It's just, it's a goal <laughs> you don't see in live action. You see in FIFA, oh, you just the don't see time. it in live action. And then, equally, FIFA, Seamus Coleman's miss, the one against the bar. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're at, when you're at a beginner level on FIFA <laughs> and you're sort of ahead one nil and you're going into this sort of 85th minute oh. and the other team get the ball and they, 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 they put it against the ball. There was no way for him to go and miss that. It oh. was it was Raz like. I
0: wish it was FIFA. Then I could have had some control over the game. Dave. Instead, the control was in the fat, hairy knuckles of Big Sam, who admitted after the game that he decided to dig in for a point against relegation dogfight in Swansea, Everton have essentially, this season, spent a fortune to transform themselves into what West Brom and Stoke were last year. Irrelevant, also rands. And here's my big takeaway from the puberty workshop. Studies show girls' self-confidence peaks in the age nine, which is both staggering and heartbreaking. But my big match, long thought, Dave. What do
1: you think Big Sam wears in bed? So interesting, because my uh, my son's going through the change right now. My son has forsaken pyjamas. He won't wear pyjamas anymore. He looks at what I wear in bed, which is underwear and a V-neck T-shirt. And it's all he wants to wear is underwear and a V-neck T-shirt. Except he's more often than not, he's whipping the shirt off right now because he wants to show off his guns and his abs. So he's just like into the like, just putting on, just underwear, no shirt. Yeah. I really hope that Big Sam is not underwear, no shirt. That would be a bad look. I don't even want him underwear and a T-shirt. I have a terrible fear that he goes full on. Yeah. In the Nud. You
0: know, it's so funny. I mean, he's,
1: so, he's probably You're a insane. full-on in the Nud, my first... flapping all over the place. <laughs> and I'm not talking about his privates.
0: My first thought was like, out of hope, I thought, I imagine like a long nightshirt and nightcap. Like, like one of those yeah, hats. Yeah, like in Dickens, kind yeah. of him in his slippers with a little candle shuffling you yeah. off to bed with pie. Yeah. Like a period piece kind of recreation. But then, like you, I just was like, nah, nah. Big Sam is deaf a nude sleeper. He is. Big Sam's buff. is de- There's no way. And anyone who knows in the Everton kind of kit stuff, please drop me a line. There's no- I would put huge amounts of money that
1: he's nuddy. I have known you for a long time. I yeah. have no
0: idea what you wear in bed. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah, I moved between wearing my just underwear and a T-shirt. Do you have T-shirts
0: that you rotate through just for the purpose of sleeping? Yeah, no, it-
1: I have sleeping T-shirts. I have a an old Ralph Lauren v black t-shirt i've got five of them those are the tend to be my sleeping shirts fascinating and as we move into sort of spring and summer i go bare chested rog oh, oh, like mate. to feel the like to feel the air on my on my back and chest
0: i don't care about the seasons i wear the same thing you do what do you wear uh, a tweed ones <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is really really alarming OK, we've got new friends for next season, Rog. Welcome back, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Do it in their accent. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Who locked up an automatic promotion place from the championship. We have, didn't have enough orange in the Premier League that's this season, That's right, rog. mate. The they Midlanders, call it gold, but it's, that's what I love about them. They uh, call it, it gold, but it's orange. It's, it's so orange. orange. Uh, the Midlanders. It used to work really well when, when the whole of football was played in the mud. Yeah. you could actually. Wolves was one of the teams you could actually see. The Midlanders have been out of the Premier League since 2011, 2012, and they return after leading the championship since November the 18th.
0: Powered by their Chinese owners, Fosun, Mm. who have poured a small fortune into the task of achieving promotion. And a slightly controversial reliance on their relationship with Ronaldo's Portuguese super agent, Jorge Mendes, who many allege, and we'll hear a lot about this in the weeks to come, He's delivered Champions League quality players at championship prices to drive them into the Premier League. Let's not sully their achievement for that. they a young team who've played beautiful football and we welcome them back into the Premier League in your orange
1: your orange jerseys. Welcome back, Wolves. OK, no Togger winner to announce yet this week, Rog, because of the West Ham versus Stoke Classic coming up uh, later this afternoon. OK, and MLS... <laughs> In the big game of the weekend, 45,000, Rog, watched NYCFC twice drag themselves back into the game against a tactically sprite Atlanta. Out west, Zlatan strikes again, Rog. The NBA power forward size Swede headed home the lone goal in the Galaxy's 1-0 win over Schweine's Chicago Fire Saturday. The Galaxy are in second place in the Western Conference, and Zlatan is talking World Cup, Rog. Yeah,
0: I'll say about Atlanta NYCFC, that is a must-watch fixture in MLS. And, And I imagine a taste of the future that the league, or a glimpse of the future that the league yearns for in totality. These two teams, they will meet again. Oh, yes, they will meet again. And it will not disappoint, just as Zlatan didn't disappoint. First start, only goal of the game, header, to make it three goals in three games. Uh, he then tweeted, the chance of me playing in the World Cup is sky
1: high,"
0: which uh, Google Translate tells us all it means sky high. Wow. If you don't know, Zlatan retired from international football in 2016. The small detail, the Swedish team actually played better without him. Yeah. And I would be shocked if this is anything other than Zlatan's imagination and hype kind of talking. LAFC, also back to winning ways with a win over Vancouver, Uruguayan Diego Rossi, a level above four goals, four assists already.
1: Actually, I mean, talking about George and MLS, he would take issue with you on the pod, like shouting out Diego Rossi, because he watched the whole of the game, but it was Vela who really like scored the goal, an what? actual repeat of the goal he scored against. We need to get your um, George
0: and my Oz to do, it, uh, to do a pod together yeah. on MLS.
1: They should they'd love it. He loves MLS, really loves it.
0: Possibly the most joyous American sight of the weekend in the National Women's Soccer League, Utah Royals, First home game of all time, sold out 19,302 fans watching a pro women's football game. Wow, they're the Atlanta United of NWSL.
1: Brilliant. Okay, your upcoming Premier League week looks like this. There's Premier League football on NBC. Seven of the next eight days, Rod. Right about the time this pod is released, West Ham will host Stoke. There are then games Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and next Monday. That is a lot of Robbies. Sadly for America, (laughs) it's also a lot of the Men in Blazers TV show. We're on NBCSN tonight at 5.30 p.m., Rog. Tuesday at 5.30, and then again next Monday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. The reason for the scattered fixtures, Rog, next weekend's... FA Cup semi-finals, Man United take on Tottenham next Saturday at twelve fifteen p.m. Eastern Time. Please
0: win something on Network
1: Fox. And then Sunday, Chelsea take on Southampton at ten A.M. Eastern Time on Fox Sports. I might actually go to the game. In MLS, Seattle hosts Minnesota at four PM Eastern Time on ESPN Sunday. That's followed by Portland versus NYCFC at seven PM Eastern Time on Fox Sports One. There are many other ways to connect to us, including our now extinct Amazon Emporium, which has transformed into the Men in Blazers baldmart mart. Anytime you buy something big or small from the baldmart mart, we get a tiny percentage that allows us to produce additional, albeit suboptimal, content. What are you putting in the Bald mart this week, Roger? Is it a book? It's a book. Oh, thank God. The Only Story
0: by Julian Barnes, from the Booker Prize-winning author of The Majestically Crushing Sense of an Ending, which you love, right, David? He's a great writer. One of the most beautifully excruciating novels you will read this year, I guarantee that, is a reliving of a long relationship between a bored 19-year-old tennis-playing college student and a married 40-something doubles partner. It's a meditation on both the true meaning of love and the way human memory captures life's highs and lows so differently. It begins with a single question that Arsenal Fan TV essentially meditates on on a weekly basis. Would you rather love more and suffer more or love less and suffer less. It's a remarkable piece of writing. I'd urge everybody to read it. It's not long. It's beautiful. And not least because Barnes, he's a master of human emotion. And as has been noted by critics, he specializes in Englishness, the way some doctors specialize in broken bones or damaged nerves. If I get back from England in one piece this week, Davo, Julian Barnes is going to come into the panic room and tape a pod this Friday. I want to talk about life. He wants to talk about Leicester City. We will, I hope, meet somewhere in the middle.
1: Uh, rog, I don't often use an umbrella. We've spoken about this before. No, do I. Because I, I like rain. I like the feel of rain on my face. But we've got, we've got a fairly important business dinner tonight. So I didn't want to get soaking on the way into work. And it's that sort of weird weather where it's a little bit cold to wear a raincoat. I had to wear my, my um, sort of puffer jacket today. Just didn't want to get soaking, so I had to use an umbrella. Here's the problem with umbrellas, Rog, and you know this is that umbrellas are either too small or too big. There's just like they're always... You've got the little umbrellas you buy, which are great because they can fold in your bag. Problem being, though, too small. But they don't cover you from the rain. Not enough coverage. Too big. Yeah, too big. And you you become... It's like having a double stroller, especially in Manhattan. You're just like... A menace to society. A menace to society. Uh, And golf umbrellas are worse than any other umbrellas. Golf umbrellas are just insanely too big. They're undermining democracy. However, Titleist, Rog titeless make a folding 58 inch black white red sports umbrella it, it both folds it's telescopic so it will fit in your briefcase fit in your bag but it it extends out and it's just the right size it's somewhere it's i would Best call this it's yeah it's like a mid-size umbrella I was searching around because I realized I I packed mine for work today and thought, this is a great thing for the Bald Mart. I've been searching around. I did find it in a few places. There aren't many of them left on the internet. But the Titleist folding 58-inch black, white, red umbrella, that is, if you're going to own one umbrella... That's the umbrella. It also looks quite smart. It looks smarter. Most golf umbrellas just look a bit. Is it the Ingolo Kante of,
0: of umbrellas? Does it redefine the position?
1: It, is it, is it, is it, by the way, that is a brilliant description. It That's is exactly hearing. the Ingolo Kante of umbrellas.
0: Oh, Julian Barnes, Ungolo Kante. We'll talk more about both on Friday.
1: Okay, you can follow us on Twitter at Men and at EmbassyDavis, Davis at Roger Bennett on Instagram at Men in and at embassy underscore Davis on Facebook. Uh, that's Men in Blazers. You can always send your Ravens the crap part of Soho. You can always email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. Vendor punk, Rog. Warping! Who wants to sex my tombo? I like snacks. Balls win, balls win. Take that, Gloria. Bulls lose. To tweed. Abrogado, rock on, mate. Kung Fu fighting America.
0: Love you, Dave: Ag- Love you, Roger. Strikers, stop being such selfish lovers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.